Welcome everyone to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Here for our Tuesday night episode for the NBA pod. And we promised you we'd start going earlier in the week. And here we are. I know everybody's excited about a Super Bowl 58 kicking off this weekend uh, on Sunday, obviously. But hey, uh, we have NBA action all throughout the week. And it's going to be an exciting week as well. I know the NBA trade deadline is on Thursday. So there's going to be a lot of chatter uh, for the NBA trade deadline. And hopefully players on the move so we have something to talk about but joining me here to help me break everything down in the nba i got my guy here with me at sleepy j sleepy what's going on my man how you doing oh man long day a lot of podcasts a lot of editing today so it's been a busy day for me but getting geared up for the weekend excited for that so we decided to go ahead and move the podcast to tuesday and skip our uh our normal friday podcast that we do so we'll go ahead we'll get you guys a podcast on thursday but yeah man it's been it's been busy. This is a really busy week. Probably one of my uh, more frustrating weeks because I got just so much stuff going on. But once it's over, I'll be happy. I'll be locked into the NBA. And uh, hopefully you and I will go ahead and we'll just keep continuing to go and kick butt. Yeah, 100%. Uh, speaking of kicking butt, uh, another winning episode for us on our last episode that we did have. Ended up going 2-1 and one overall on the card. And we'll quickly recap it. I had the Bucks minus the 3.5. Uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. And I know you and I were exchanging some messages back and forth uh, on both of the games that we had. Uh, I know the Sixers, um, they were facing the Nets in that game, and, and they took a loss in that game. Uh, but the Bucks were down, I think I want to say 20 or 25 points in that uh, first quarter, and they came roaring back, um, especially in that second half. Got us to the window. Uh, so we hit the Bucks minus a three and a half. And then our player prop best bet, Sleepy, that is now... Four in a row. I know we were trying to get it to the window when we were recording our last pod because Trey Young had an incredible first half. Um, and then into the third quarter, I think we need like one more point uh, from Trey Young before we wrapped up the uh, episode from last week. But nonetheless, he does get us to the window. Trey Young, player prop best bet over 25 and a half. Uh, that's now four in a row that we've hit on our player prop best bets here at Sleepy. So another winning episode for us. Hopefully we can carry that into this uh, Wednesday card here, Sleepy. Yeah, your Bucks pick, fire. My Sixers pick, complete dud. They did not show up there. I thought maybe they would there at home, but not to be the case. And like you were saying, you know, we tried to hold out to last uh, possible second there on the podcast, but Trey Young eventually got it done. I mean, you've been red hot. You've been leading the player props, and that's kind of, you know, the way that it's that, that we do this is, you know, if, one, if you hit one, uh, you just keep going because once a guy gets hot, you know, he's in the pocket and – you know, when you first came on the, the podcast there and went off, I noticed that one of your uh, your main focuses was, you know, digging into the player props. And I think, you know, interrupting your, your flow in any way when it comes to the player props would be a mistake. And, you know, clearly my my thinking has, has been right on that to just let you kind of just go and do your thing and cook. And, you know, that's what you've been doing. And you presented the, the prop again tonight, and I love it. So I think we're going to end up here with with five straight winning player props in a row. Yeah, hope so. So we'll, we'll keep. Hopefully, we can keep the winning train uh, going for our player prop best bets, and more importantly, also continuing uh, winning episodes uh, for the NBA here. Sleepy, um, you know, and we were talking offline. There's not a lot of news right now happening in the association. It's it kind of feels like the calm before the storm because, like I mentioned. The NBA trade deadline is on Thursday. So when we come back Thursday night, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about 
in the association. But, you know, this is something we talked about on the last episode about Joel Embiid's injury. And the news officially did come out about Joel Embiid that he is officially initially the diagnosis was it was going to be four weeks. But then we got reports this morning um, that it is going to be at least six to eight weeks. So looking maybe closer to two months for Joel Embiid. He is going to be out. He did get the procedure done on his knee for the the meniscus injury that he did have here, Sleepy. So uh, life without Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP for about six to eight weeks for the Philadelphia 76ers. I know we talked about this on the last pod. I don't want to you know, beat on the same drum here, but you know anything else, anything that we need to talk about here with Embiid and the Sixers um, as far as the injury goes? Well, I think the injury is going to be – I mean, it's going to turn out to be important because – it's not like Philadelphia was the number one or number two seed where they had a lot of buffer room. I mean, currently right now they're the fifth seed. Uh, they're only two and a half games above Indiana from the sixth. But, I mean, more than likely the way that Philadelphia has been playing, you know, they're either, I don't see how they can improve. I can only see them falling down. So, in my opinion, this is one of those situations where it's going to be get Joel back and just hope and pray that you can make some kind of run in the playoffs. Um, if you're even in the playoffs, because, you know, this team could go on some type of a slide. I don't think they're that bad of a team, you know, where they would go on a slide. But I think we had these conversations before, you know, if you took like an Embiid or a Jokic off of a team, you know, what do they look like? And I don't know if this Philadelphia team is necessarily a playoff team without Joel Embiid on it. So uh, right now I'm kind of just thinking about what I would like to do with Philly. I would probably go, I don't know, maybe – maybe like three weeks and see if they end up sliding down. And then maybe you take a bite, you know, at the apple with uh, some Philly like future stuff, you know, if uh, maybe like wins or something like that, because when Embiid comes back then I mean, we've seen what this guy can do, he, he makes a world of difference to this team. You know, will he start out slow? I'm sure that he probably will after that much time off, but this Philadelphia team is night and day different when Joel Embiid's on the floor. So I think it's going to be tough for them to, to maintain where they're at, but I can only see them sliding. So I'm looking to go ahead and maybe play on them a little bit down the road. Yeah, I mean, look, right now the Sixers are sitting in the fifth spot in the Eastern Conference with a record of 30-19. and 19. They have lost two games in a row. They are 4-6 and six over their last 10 games as well. And it doesn't get much easier uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers as, you know, the schedule is going to get a little tough for them in life without Joel Embiid. I know we'll talk about, um, you know, the uh, Warriors and the Sixers game um you know later on in the episode here but also maybe who knows maybe they do make a trade uh at this trade deadline to improve the roster because they had that space to get another superstar on this team and i think a lot of the pressure is going to be on now guys like tyrese maxi and tobias harris to really carry the offensive load for uh the uh philadelphia 76ers so like you mentioned maybe in two to three weeks if they do fall uh, uh, down the standings, at least in the Eastern Conference, in that playoff picture that you may want to take a, a bite on them making the playoffs if you're able to get plus odds to that when and if that Joel Embiid does return for this team. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the Sixers as we kind of trend along for the second half of the season as we approach not only the trade deadline, like I mentioned, but also getting into all-star break uh, for the NBA. Steve, let's actually get into some of the games here on the Wednesday night card. And we'll start it off here in the Eastern Conference, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, that is going to be the Boston Celtics. They are hosting the Atlanta Hawks in this game. And currently, as it stands, the Boston Celtics are a 11 and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 
244 points, one of the highest totals on the board for the uh, sat- sorry for the Wednesday card here. And looking at the injury report for both of these teams, here I'll start here with the road team, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they've been relatively healthy, and I know that Dejounte Murray's name has been circulating in trade rumors. Uh, we'll see if that comes into fruition. But right now, for the uh, Atlanta Hawks officially on the injury report, they will be without Clint Capella. He is dealing with a left abductor strain. Also, DeAndre Hunter has been upgraded to probable in this game for the Atlanta Hawks. He has been dealing with a right knee injury. For the Boston Celtics, uh, everybody seems to be a go. Only questionable tag is going to be Drew Holiday. He is dealing with a right elbow sprain. So Boston right now laying double digits against the Atlanta Hawks. You're sleepy. Any thoughts on the side or total in this game? Um, I would probably go ahead and take the Hawks. I like the way that they've looked recently. I know that they got beat in their last game against the Clippers, but um, I mean, it, it, they put up a great effort. And I think that that's kind of one of the things that Atlanta didn't do a whole lot of throughout the year was really kind of measure themselves to see how good they can be. Now they had a bunch of injuries and stuff like that, like guys in the lineup, but I feel like now, like this is the healthiest version of the Atlanta Hawks, the best version of them. And I know going on the road in Boston is not going to be easy because, you know, Boston's won like, what, like 25 out of like 28 games there. So um, they're, they're just a tough out there. And Atlanta really doesn't have, you know, a great road record. I think they, what are they, like 10 and 14 on the road. It's just, it's not good. So I think a lot of people would think, oh, Boston at home. Is, is just extremely tough, and Atlanta is just one of these, you know, mediocre teams. But I think Atlanta is playing their best ball. So getting 11 and a half coming off of a tough loss against the Clippers in a game where I think Atlanta was able to test themselves and say, you know what, we, we are this good. I think they, they probably take that same approach here going into Boston. So 11 and a half feels just a little bit too high. I, maybe eight and a half, maybe seven and a half, somewhere in that area. I, w- I would consider maybe Boston, but not this high. I'll, I'll go the other way. I'll take Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta has won for the last five games. They are uh, three and two uh, against the spread over the last five games as well. And they've been against some quality opponents, right? They had the Lakers. I know that the Lakers were in a tough spot in that game. They're on a back-to-back situation. Um, against they, they played the Rockets that previous night and then traveled to Atlanta. I think that was a game without Anthony Davis for the Lakers. They played Phoenix. They beat them. They beat the Warriors at home. And like you mentioned, the Clippers who are right now the hottest team in the association right now. Um, they put up a fight, like you mentioned, in that game as well to lose that game by five points. But I I can't trust the Boston Celtics, especially like you mentioned, laying double digits here at 11 and a half. If this was something that was relatively around, like you mentioned, minus seven and a half, minus eight, minus eight and a half, I would look towards the Boston Celtics way. Um, but I think that, the Atlanta Hawks have, like you mentioned, have seemed to turn a corner here, and they're healthy, right? They have their guys back. I know Clint Capella is missing for this team, but this guy, these, this team has, you know, some depth pieces, especially in that front court. So I think expect them to have some success on the rebounding uh, front for this game uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. I do like the over in this game here, though, Sleepy. I know it's uh, 244 points. It is a lot of points, but you take a look at Atlanta uh, and over their last five games right now, Atlanta Hawks are the number one offensive rated team over the last five games. They're also number one in pace in that span as well. And defensively, they haven't been very good, right? They're bottom four as far as defensive rating goes. So we know what Boston can do offensively when these guys are healthy, right? Jason Tatum's going to be out there. KP's going to be out there. 
Jalen Brown, Derek White, I think, who is more uh, the more underrated player in our association. He's having an incredible season as well for the Boston Celtics. So I do expect to see points being put up in this game um, between these two squads. If you want to look at a Boston Celtics team total over, this is something I was uh, looking at in the or I did play in the Lakers game yesterday that I just didn't trust them laying uh, double digits against the Hornets. So I pivoted to that team total and it worked out very well for me because they did get over their team total in that game. So I think this was something similar here for the Boston Celtics that I don't trust them laying double digits, but I do think that they, they will have some success on the offensive side of the basketball and being able to put up points against the Atlanta Hawks. So I'm looking at it that way, Sleepy. Um, anything else we want to add for this game? No, I think we did a pretty good job there. Nice handicap there on that game. So I think we're good with that one. All right, let's keep it rolling here, Sleepy. Another uh, pretty interesting matchup and a fun matchup. I'm definitely looking forward to watching this game uh, on the Wednesday night card here. We got the New Orleans Pelicans. They are headed to uh, the West Coast to take on the team that we mentioned, one of the hottest teams in the association right now, the L.A. Clippers. Uh, right now, as it stands, the Clippers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game with a total of 235 points. Looking at the injury report for both of the squads here, let's start here with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Zion Williamson is officially questionable for this game. He is staying with a left foot bone contusion. Also, Najee Marshall is questionable for this game as well. He is dealing with low back spasm. So two guys that are on the injury report here for the New Orleans Pelicans. For the Clippers, pretty clean injury report. Everybody is a go in this game. And like we mentioned here, Sleepy, the Clippers have been playing some fantastic basketball here, and their guys have been healthy. And I think we talked about this in the last pod that we're not used to seeing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play as many games as they have already this season. And I don't know maybe... Some of that has to be with, the, I guess, a quote-unquote crackdown on uh, load management slash injury management. But we know when Kawhi Leonard, Paul George are out there for this Clippers team, they are a very difficult team to beat. And again, also, James Harden has been playing absolutely fantastic for this Clippers team as well. Russell Westbrook, we talked about this over and over again, but it, it's it's starting to translate to wins for them. So right now, as it stands, the Clippers are 34-15. and 15 straight up this season um let's start with the side here or total wherever you want to go here sleepy what are you thinking about this game between the pelicans and the clippers i'll go ahead and i'll i'll play the clippers here minus a six and a half i think one of the things that we should probably keep in mind are the west records so you have the thunder the timberwolves clippers nuggets uh all sitting there within a half game of the number one seed and i think that it's going to be a mistake to probably play against these teams. Like these teams, if it's this close, like generally, like if you look at the East, I think the number two seed Milwaukee is like five games back. When I see that, I think that there's a, a potential for a night off, but I don't see that right now in the West. These teams are going to go until there is some type of separation. So if you're looking to go ahead and fade any of the top four teams there in the West, my recommendation would be you better have a, a really good reason, you know, and, and pick a really good spot because these teams are, are gunning for that number one, number two seed. And, you know, all it takes is a couple slip ups, a couple, you know, a couple rough games there before you know it, you know, you're three, four games back and, and the number one seeds out of, out of reach. So I think these teams are all going to go. And I think the Clippers certainly are going to go. I mean, this team has been playing really well, nine wins out of their last 10 games. 
And even though the Pelicans have, have been playing well, and I actually think Zion is going to end up playing this game, we've seen this team before lay duds against good teams, and you're going to put them on the road against a good team. And it just, I mean, I would love to play the Pelicans because I root for that team, but something just tells me that when when the chips are down and, and they have to step up in class and, and go out there and perform, um, that they just they don't really do it all that well. So I I could see the Pelicans here actually getting run out of the getting run out of the gym until they show some type of resistance that they can go on the road in a tough spot against a good team and perform well. Um, it's just not a team that I'm looking to back in this particular you know situation. So give me the Clippers minus the six and a half. I think that there's a good chance that they actually blow out the Pelicans here. Yeah, I think the only concern I would have uh, about backing the Clippers here is that they are coming off of that seven-game uh, road trip that they just, you know, uh, completed uh, in Atlanta, and that they're getting back home. Maybe they're, you know, catching up with things with, you know, friends and family, and and getting things in order. That maybe they're maybe looking past this game, but that was that would be the only concern I would have here for the LA Clippers. So they are in the midst of playing three games here at home against the Pelicans, the Pistons, and the Timberwolves, and then they go on the road uh, to uh, the Warriors, I believe, before the All-Star break. So, um, And then like you mentioned right now, CP, right, especially in the Western Conference where right now OKC and the Minnesota Timberwolves are tied uh, for, at least record-wise, in the standings for the number one seed. Oklahoma, I believe, has a tiebreaker over the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's why they're holding the number one seed right now. But then the Clippers, and like you mentioned, the Denver Nuggets are only half a game behind the number one seed right now in that Western Conference. So, you know, all these games are going to matter, like you mentioned, especially at home this season. The Clippers have been really good. And, um, you know, they're 19 and four straight up at home this season. Uh, they are 14 and nine against the spread there as well. Uh, and I think that for this Clippers team, when we talk about, Guys that let's just say, you know, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard is out, you know, for a particular game. They have still depth pieces that can step the guys that can step up in the absence of those guys. Sid, like we talked about with James Harden, who's playing fantastic. Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. Norman Powell has been really good for them as well. Terrence Mann as well. So I think it's an opportunity for the Clippers to continue rolling here. And I think that. If the Pelicans do end up covering this game, I think it would just be that the fact that they just came off of a seven-game road trip here and that, you know, maybe that concentration or that focus may not just be there for this Clippers team here. So I'll lean here with the Clippers with you as well. I, I just can't go against a team that's absolutely, you know, playing some really good basketball right now uh, for this Clippers team. I think what you say there, Manoff, is, is exactly what I was trying to get at. Beautiful point there, like, if you're going to play against the Clippers, like you better find something that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, like that team coming off of seven games on the road, you know, an OT winner or whatever, you know, scored 280 points in that game. Coming back home, going to have a couple of games at their home saying maybe they do take a breath of fresh air. If that's something that you believe in and that's something that you think is going to swing you from one side to the other, when you're looking at these top teams, it's things like that that I think that you have to believe in. It's not that I don't believe in, in in fading that. It's just me with the Pelicans that they just lay duds against good teams in, in tough spots. So I like how you pulled that out, and it, that's exactly what I would be looking for if I'm fading You know, the Nuggets, the Thunder, the Tebos, the Clippers, exactly something like that. So good find there. Yeah, I've seen this movie before or plenty of times this season that the Pelicans have been one of the teams this season that in the first half – 
they've been really, really good. And I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers on their first half spread here. So this season, the Pelicans are 32-17-1 against the spread in the first half, 15-10 and 10 against the spread on the road in the first half. And this was earlier in the season where I think both games were against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies where they had double-digit leads in those games and they let the Memphis Grizzlies come back um, in the second half. I remember this because I, I had money on the Pelicans and the Grizzlies forced overtime. They got the victory. And I think the, in a couple more nights they had played each other again. It was the same story. And it's happened with other opponents there as well. So I, I think that, again, with, with this Pelicans team – for a full game, at least, I can't trust him right now. But again, like we just talked about, if there is something, a a handicap or some type of edge that you're looking for, that just keep in mind that this Clippers team is coming off of that seven-game road trip and they're getting back home and you know want to get their you know affairs in order wherever the case might be that's going on in their personal lives. That Maybe that focus is not there uh, for this Clippers team, at least for this first game being back at home. All right, CB, let's get into our best bets here for the Wednesday night card. And I'm going to go over to the team that we talked about at the uh, top of this episode, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm going to look to fade this team here. And I I, I want to see what Nick Nurse does as far as adjustments when it comes to life without Joel Embiid. Um, and I went back and looked at some of the stats of, in particular – one thing that really stood out to me about what the Sixers team looks at looks like without Joel Embiid and what area they're doing really bad in, that's in the rebounding department. And I and I think for for this Golden State Warriors team coming into Philadelphia here, we talked a lot about that there may be some type of adjustment that Steve Kerr needs to make. And I've talked to some Golden State Warriors fans, and I think that finally now Steve Kerr realizes that he has to play some of these young players on this roster. And I think one player in particular that's now really starting to flourish for this Golden State Warriors team has been Jonathan Kaminga. He's been step he's stepped into the starting lineup. He's providing scoring. He's providing rebounding. He's also, you know, been a really good defender for this Golden State Warriors team. And the Warriors right now is the time for them to start uh, stacking up these wins because let's just, I mean, let's be real that they've underperformed thus far this season, but it seems like they have started to turn a corner here. And I know Steph Curry has been doing Steph Curry things for this Golden State Warriors team. We've seen the return of Draymond Green and how important he is to this Golden State Warriors offense. But you take a look at this season thus far on the road here, Sleepy. The Warriors have been really good. Despite being only 9-12 and 12 straight up, they are 13-8 and eight against the spread. And right now, as it currently stands, the Golden State Warriors are a minus one-point favorite here in this game. So I'm going to take the Warriors on the money line here, minus 115. I think that number one for the Sixers team that... I think there's going to be a difficult adjustment without Joel Embiid, obviously your best player and the reigning MVP. And I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. If you watch that last game against the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks defense did a really good job against Tyrese Maxey in that game. They really limited him. So I think that for the Golden State Warriors, they have guys on the defensive side that can really try and shut down Tyrese Maxey and make somebody else beat you. Because there's a significant fall off for the Sixers team, obviously, after Tyrese Maxey. I know Tobias Harris is there, but 
Kelly Oubre Jr., he's been hot and cold. Pat Bev, more of a defensive guy. How much can he provide you on the offensive side of the basketball? I watched Paul Reed. Um, we'll see flashes of Paul Reed that he looks like a competent backup center uh, in this league. But when we talk about this Golden State Warriors team that's number one healthy, Steph Curry's playing well. We talked about Draymond Green. And the young guys have been really stepping up. So I think this is an opportunity for the Golden State Warriors to go into the into Philadelphia and get the victory here. I'm going to take the Golden State Warriors here, minus 115 on the money line as my best bet here, Sleepy. I don't dislike it. I think that the only issue I have is that Golden State is playing on a back-to-back. But I think that if Kerr goes in there and he tries to you know, mess with these rotations because I like this rotation right now for the Warriors. If he tries to limit, you know, the amount of minutes that he lets Curry play and, and Draymond and Clay and things like that, you know, he runs the risk of trying to save up too much energy to go up against the Pacers and losing both of these games. So I think that that he just goes out there, he pushes the stars out there because if he wants to end up with a successful road trip, he's got to win one of the last two. And I think you know, dropping a game to Philadelphia without Embiid, I mean, that's kind of embarrassing. I think that that kind of will, will tell you where this Warriors team's at. Not that good. So I think they go all out here. I think they, they play Philly tough, and I just don't think Philly has the horses right now. Like I said, I think Philly's going to go on a slide, and um, I would look to play more on Philly against a team who might not have a whole lot of fight in them. But you got to figure the Warriors are bringing their A game and, and, and the biggest fight that they can. To this one so yeah i'd be with you with the warriors um i actually i have no problem laying the point i would even consider maybe an alternate here because i'm not sure these two teams are really all that equal even in philly so yeah i'd be with you with the warriors all right there we go so warriors minus the one and if you want to play the money line that's an option as well but officially my pick is going to be the warriors minus the one against the Philadelphia 76ers. Like Sleepy mentioned, if you want to get some alt numbers here uh, and get some plus odds for the Golden State Warriors against the uh, Sixers, I think that's definitely a a good look there as well. Sleepy, take us over to your best bet for the Wednesday night card. What do you have for the people? All right, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to lay some, some points here with the Sacramento Kings. I like the Kings here. I think laying the 11.5 points here is going to be perfectly fine. I wouldn't be shocked if this goes up. Uh, it was actually opened up at like 13, so it's down. It's certain books is 12.5, something's at 11.5. But I think they're going to blow the Pistons out. The Pistons probably come into this game, and this is like going to be like their West Coast road trip. I think they're on the road here for like five or six games. I know it's a bunch in a row. Um, they're probably not going to win this game, but there's a really good chance that if they're looking for a win, they can do it against the Portland Trailblazers. But unfortunately for Detroit, they're going to be on a back-to-back here. So like I was just talking about a situation with, you know, Golden State, the Pistons may actually limit like Cade Cunningham, guys like that, you know, to going out there to go, well, you know what? The game we're more than likely to win is going to be tomorrow night, probably not tonight. So I actually think the Pistons take a little bit of a different approach than Golden State. And I think that we see their stars out there probably for less minutes, but even on any given night, the Kings could blow this team out. And Sacramento, they're not on a back-to-back. So this is a really good spot here, I think, for Sacramento and not for Detroit. And asking Detroit to go on the road and, and even beat, you know, probably a, a crappy team is asking much. But to go and, and beat a Kings team right now on the road is just not something that uh, that I think they're capable of. So I'll lay the, I'll lay the chalk here with Sac and uh, – 
I think they end up with a big, big winner. The Detroit Pistons are two and twenty straight up on the road this season, and they are eleven and eleven against the spread. But you're not going to win a lot of ball games when you're giving up 125 points per game on the road this season. And I know we talked about this Kings team that they are a team that can number one can and does play with a lot of pace. But this, I think, more so that I agree with your handicap is just just fading this Detroit Pistons defense because they're not playing a lick of defense and they're. Record is very uh, indicative of uh, how bad this team has been. They're six and thirty-four straight up. Um, it's just not very pretty right now. I don't want any part of the Detroit Pistons right now either. They've lost three in a row. They 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 are they are actually three and ten over their last ten games. But again, if you take a look at their victories on who which those teams are, um, it just has not been very good for this Pistons team. And like like you also mentioned there, Sleepy, that they are on a front end of a back-to-back here where they do go to Portland think that maybe a more winnable game for them but on the front end of a back-to-back at least over the last two games they gave up 142 points to the Toronto Raptors and they gave up 124 points to the 76ers they've lost both of those games by 29 and 32 points respectively so I think this might just be the same recipe here for the Sacramento Kings uh, um, you know taking care of business against this Detroit Pistons team so there's our best bets. Warriors minus the one in Philadelphia and uh, the Kings minus the 11 and a half. Uh, some books do have it at 12 and a half uh, for Sleepy as his best bet. Sleepy, we are just days away from Super Bowl 58, the big game. There's a lot of great things happening right now on pregame.com. And I know guys have been in the lab getting out these prop bets, but not only for uh, the Super Bowl, you know, we've been grinding it out for the NBA, NHL, baseball right around, the corner, right around the corner, college basketball as well. What can our listeners take advantage of right now on pregame.com? Well, the first thing to take advantage of is um, not getting old. It's funny, as you said, that <laughs> I was um, I was thinking, and I've actually been doing podcasts and saying, oh, for the Super Bowl. Because I didn't know what Super Bowl it was. Like, I didn't know what number it was. I, I, I was pretty sure it wasn't 55. And I'm like, is it 56, 57, 58? And I was thinking back to my first Super Bowl that I remember watching was back in Super Bowl 20, 1986 with the Bears. So, yeah, I've seen 38 Super Bowls. Interesting. But, yeah, um, getting old and, and forgetting what Super Bowl it is. So, Super Bowl 58, uh, you guys can save $15 off anything there at pregame.com. All you have to enter is code STAR15. Uh, if you guys listen to the last couple of podcasts, all the handicappers there at pregame.com are getting their Super Bowl player prop packages up. They're getting their games up. Um, just a lot of picks over there at pregame. Right now is certainly a time that you do want to buy uh, because you get a lot of bang for your buck. And these are some of the best bets that you will get because this game is influenced by so much money that the pros feel one way or another where lines are going to go. So um, you're going to get an array of different bets. So a lot of great bets there at pregame.com. Again, enter star 15, save $15 there. And it's not just for the Super Bowl. It could be on any pick there at pregame.com or any package. Again, star 15, pregame.com. Get over there and save. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a salary chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love 
AG1. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. There we go. All right, Steve, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Um... One more order of business, and that is going to be our player prop. Best bet for the Wednesday card, like we talked about at the top of the episode. We have now won four in a row, so hopefully we can get uh, or continue the winning ways here for our player prop best bet and make it five wins in a row. And we'll go back to that game that we talked about, uh, or at least I talked about for my best bet, between the Golden State Warriors and the Philadelphia 76ers. And we're going to look at Draymond Green on his rebounds and assist in this game to go over the projection of 13 and a half right now for Draymond Green. And we talked about it, Sleepy, that again, when this when Draymond Green is on the floor for this Golden State Warriors team, not only this season, right? But throughout the time that he that this core has gotten together for the Golden State Warriors, right? With the Splash Brothers. Draymond Green and Steve Kerr that he's the catalyst of this offense. He's what makes this engine go because him, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson have just kind of developed this chemistry and they, or at least Draymond knows where he can expect his shooters to be and rack up those assists. So since Draymond Green uh, has returned uh, from the suspension um, that was imposed upon him earlier this season, at least over the last five games as well, he's been an absolute stud. So over the last five games, he's averaging 34 minutes per game. He's averaging 9.6 rebounds per game and 7.6 assists per game. He's gone over this projection of 13 and a half rebounds and assists combined in four out of the last 
five games uh, for the Golden State Warriors just in his last game in 30 minutes against the Brooklyn Nets, 10 rebounds and seven assists. He's had at least six assists in five straight games. And in three of the last five games, Sleepy, he's had at least double-digit rebounds. And I talked about when I you know, broke down the Golden State Warriors uh, in the Philadelphia 76ers that if you take a look at what's kind of transpired over the last five games in the association, right now the Golden State Warriors are the number one team when it comes to rebounding percentage in the entire NBA. And without Joel Embiid, over the last five games, the Philadelphia 76ers are all the way down at number 24 in rebounding percentage. So I think that I would not be surprised if this is another game where Draymond Green gets into double-digit rebounds for this uh, Golden State Warriors team. Well, we know that the assists are going to be there for him as well because we've seen it countless times and times and over and over again that he's able to find Steph Curry for those three-point shots. He's able to run the pick and roll for this team and he's able to just command this offense he really racks up the assist so i expect draymond green uh to continue filling up the box score here sleepy so our player prop best bet draymond green rebounds and assists over 13 and a half i know you're a draymond green fan so i know when i mentioned this you were right on board with our player prop best bet here yeah absolutely i think one of the things with draymond is that we know him to kind of be like an energizer bunny and uh you know he missed how many games and and had to go ahead and work his way back. So you gotta you gotta think like Draymond's probably the freshest guy on the court, and with him beat off the floor, Philadelphia's defense is just absolutely terrible. And I think that that's kind of by design because the offense actually I don't think it's all that bad. I think when you know you have a bunch of point guards and forwards out there who who generally don't get a chance to shoot the ball because Embiid's on the floor. Now that they're touching the basketball far more and, and you know, they have the, the green light to go out there and shoot, the offense moves actually a little bit quicker. So I think it's it's going to be less defense here for Philly, more offense. It's going to create, you know, a lot of pace and probably a lot of shots. So that's only going to be a, a, something that's favorable here for Draymond. But there's not a whole lot of resistance either on the inside probably from Philly in this game. I actually would, would consider Draymond points, rebounds, and assists because I think he's looking to go ahead and score as well too. So. Uh, I don't dislike that, but the rebounds and assists. I mean, we are, I think didn't we already play this um, not too long ago, Monop? For Draymond, I, I think we may have earlier in the season. I know recently we haven't, just because he, like you mentioned, he was out with the suspension. But um, I, I do believe earlier in the season we did play a Draymond uh, rebounds and assists to go over. Okay, I thought maybe we did that recently during the stretch where he's where he's end up cashing some of those tickets. So yeah, again, I'm on board. I, I, I like it a lot. There we go. Uh, and again, like Sleepy mentioned, that if you want to play the PRA, if you want to take it a step a step further, you know, maybe you know, put a little bit of, of bucks on his triple double uh, in this game. I know he's been a basket away from getting to the ten point mark. But I think this might be a good opportunity here in Philadelphia for uh, Draymond Green uh, to post uh, a possibly a triple double in this game. But officially, for our player prop best bet, looking. To make it five in a row, Draymond Green rebounds and assist over 13 and a half. And one more quick thing there, Manoff. Going back to the Warriors with a back-to-back, who's the one player Kerr will stick out there for as many minutes as possible? We know it will be Draymond. Like he, he would push Draymond just as much as he would push Curry. Or if he's looking to go ahead and limit how many minutes those guys play, he's probably more than likely going to look for Draymond to run the offense, go out there and stay on defense. 
and even letting him be a scorer. So uh, the triple-double might not actually be that bad of a pick. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Again, this the, the at least the books are expecting this one to come down to the wire right now, obviously, with the line being at minus one uh, right now in favor of the Golden State Warriors. So uh, hopefully he does get us to the window here. So maybe that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Like I mentioned, Sleepy, it feels like it's the calm before the storm where we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, hopefully the trade deadline is uh, a little bit more exciting than uh, what's kind of transpired with some, I guess, quote unquote, negative news with all the injuries that have been happening in the association. So hopefully we do have some stuff to talk about and discuss uh, on Thursday night uh, with the trade deadline happening on Thursday. But Anything else you want to mention to our listeners before we do go our separate ways? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about this with the trade deadline there, Manoff, and I was just wondering kind of what you thought. Do you think that there will be, you know, one of those playing teams that makes a big move to where now all of a sudden, you know, maybe they become, I don't want to say a title favorite, but at least like a legit title hopeful? I think right now, and this probably seems like a captain obvious answer like that team that's right now in that play in tournament bracket that is probably looking to make a splash move it's probably the lakers um because right now they're sitting in the ninth seed they're in that play in tournament bracket they're in the western conference and you know we've read the rumors on you know on x and and from outlets that they want to make some type of move here whether that was connected to Dejounte murray or maybe those Talks have kind of fallen off because of how well D'Angelo Russell has been playing. Um, but I think that if there is a team that's kind of on the cusp of or that are in the play-in tournament and maybe looking to move up in the standings and make a move in that in their respective conferences and maybe, like you mentioned, be in that conversation as a title contender, I think Lakers are at that top of the list for me. Maybe the Pelicans also as well. And then in the Eastern Conference, I don't think I think Miami is done making the moves, but I just don't see anybody in the Eastern Conference because, like we mentioned, that it's so top heavy uh, for that Eastern Conference. So to answer your question, I think you would either be the Pelicans or the uh, L.A. Lakers for me. All right. The Lakers were certainly on my radar, but I actually thought Miami, too. I was thinking maybe Miami might make a move just mm-hmm. because that team has – no, they've won for for how long? And it's you know you don't want to see the the, the heat not be good, uh, especially with the coach and the players that they have. I think they're just like a player, you know, maybe a player or two short, or you know, like an intricate piece that just fits in to make everything really really go. Um, and so I I won't rule out Miami. I was kind of still thinking maybe okay. maybe they could you know take a shot, but you never know. And and you, we never know. They could end up uh, looking to rebuild. So I mean that's always possible too. So who knows? Yeah, and again, it's just been really quiet as well uh, with us being, what, two days away uh, from the trade deadline. Um, I know a lot of the talk has been about the Super Bowl here, but at least uh, us NBA junkies, at least for me, I don't know if you've noticed anything, but it seems like it's been relatively quiet as far as you know NBA uh, trades that could happen before the trade deadline. I know we had some earlier uh, with Toronto, with obviously OG Ananobi going to the New York Knicks and then Pascal Siakam going to the... Uh, Indiana Pacers, but hopefully we have you know something that does transpire uh, uh, at the trade deadline, so we can discuss. And also, you know, tying that into the betting, uh, you know, into betting here, so that we could take a look at some of the futures odds as well, whether it's that for conference 
you know, championships or even the NBA title, if that one of these teams, like you mentioned, uh, does make a move and, you know, their their title odds shift here. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Thursday. It's always one of the more exciting times if you're an NBA 5 when it comes to the trade deadline they're sleeping. You know what I think they're off, and I think maybe just because – you know, the NFL and the NBA are, are battling it out, you know, which is, you know, the better sport and stuff like that. And they're obviously, mm-hmm. you know, competing for airtime that the NBA might actually start thinking about moving the deadline till after the Super Bowl because now it's an extra week. So it just so happens that the deadline falls right before the Super Bowl. You would rather have NFL done and out of the way. So I wouldn't be shocked if some way, somehow we end up with a trade deadline because I think that, you know, the NBA has been – Ever since COVID, and this is just my opinion, I thought that they've been amazing with the way that they've gone out there and and said, like, you know, here's the league and here's the news and we got all these great things happening and, you know, we got the in-season tournaments and, like, all these just – I mean, since COVID, it's just been – the NBA has been really, really great with, you know, just showcasing the league and all the things that it does and and stories and stuff like that. But if there was ever a miss, I think that this is probably it. So I wouldn't be shocked if – you know, if the NBA moves the deadline, you know, for next year and, you know, more years to come. I felt, I feel like they, it used to be like mid-February or like the weekend before the All-Star break. And I feel like they, they moved it up a week. I could be wrong about that. Something I need to double check. Because I feel like that the trade deadline was always like around mid, mid-February. Um, I think you might previously. be right. Maybe, maybe they did this by design just to see, you know, if, uh, if they get a ton of traction, but I don't know. It just, yeah. to me, it doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to do it this week. Yeah, I agree. I mean, everything's just been about, you know, the coverage, especially about the Super Bowl and especially it being in Vegas uh, as well this, uh, this year as well. So um, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye out, obviously on all the news that does transpire in the association, especially this week with the trade deadline. So maybe anything else we want to mention before we get out of here? Uh, no. Hopefully you guys do well. Hopefully we go ahead. We hit another player prop. And, um, you know, if you guys are, you know, diving in deep on the Super Bowl, uh, don't do anything crazy. Don't do anything that I would do. And, uh, you know, enjoy the game. Have fun. Be safe. You know, if you guys are drinking and and stuff like that, don't be driving. Call for an Uber. Be safe. Have fun. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the games. And, uh, you know, Manoff and I will go ahead and uh, we'll talk to you again here on Thursday night. Yeah, definitely we will. Uh echoing everything sleepy said there so hopefully we can have another winning uh episode as far as our picks went on this pod all right we'll talk to you guys on thursday night till then good luck with your bets and we'll talk to you guys down the road